So this one time, a friend came over, and we were supposed to have like a movie night, but I decided I wanted to try some weed instead, and she happened to have some in her purse. So I had been on this new diet where I was eating very minimal food, and um, I was doing a lot of exercising, so that particular day I hadn't eaten a lot. And I, for what I remembered about weed in college, you barely got them to drugs and smoked it. But uh, what she had, she put into a little box, and the box had this clear case on top, and she stuck a battery into the box, and the box lit up. <laughs> then she connected something to it um, so that you could smoke through it. Uh, I think this is what's referred to as a vaporizer, and I'm not sure. I didn't really have a lot of experience with drugs in college or throughout my life. <laughs> so, um, so I went ahead, I took a big puff, not much happened. Then I took a second puff, and then um, I got a little, I guess, hungry, bored. And then I got antsy because nothing was really happening still. So then I took a third and fourth puff, like really, really deep, big ones, painful ones. <coughs> then we started watching cartoons. And um, she was laughing at everything, my friend. And I was kind of laughing, <clears throat> but then I, I don't know, I started wondering about the show and the creation of it and like just certain moments that, um, I don't know, I started just wondering about a lot of things and asking her these questions. <clears throat> and. The questions may not have been that hard, but she may have been too high to really understand anyways. So I got kind of worried because she couldn't answer my questions. And suddenly I went to like this extreme paranoia, like uh, she's not understanding what I'm saying because what I'm saying isn't making sense because I think I just went crazy. So I ran to the bathroom, I didn't tell her what I was going to do, and I put my head underneath the uh, shower nozzle, and um, I just started running the water, hoping maybe the crazy would kind of like get out of my head. <coughs> Came back out to the living room with a towel draped over my head, water's dripping, and she's looking at her phone, and I'm thinking, who is she calling, what's going on? And I'm, I don't know, I'm like really starting to freak out. And I'm on the, uh, on my knees in front of my ottoman, and I'm like just rubbing my head. And I'm like, I need to call somebody, I need to call somebody. And she's like, well, who do you want to call? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe we should call the police because like my, my heart's beating like really, really fast. And I can't get my thoughts together. And she's like, no, do not call the police. And so instead, I'm trying to call friends of mine <coughs> who had experience 
more experience than I've ever had, but nobody's picking up, so that just makes me more paranoid. And it just, it takes a really, really long, I mean, well, I think we started this like maybe 9, 30, 10 o'clock, something like that. And um, she stays till about 11.30. And uh, I'm just kind of like pacing back and forth a lot, lying down on the couch, getting up, walking. Uh, I, I get some popcorn, I try to eat. Um, all I, I can think is just that, man, I'm, I'm never going to get out of this. Because like, I'm just, like when I'm lying down on the couch and we're watching TV, because she's trying to wait it out, I'm... I feel like I'm hearing wind chimes, like, in the distance. At first I'm thinking it's my neighbor's wind chimes, but then I'm like, wait, he doesn't have wind chimes. Nobody here has wind chimes. But they sound, like, really distant, and they sound really pretty, too. Um, but, uh, I don't know, I'd look at her and I'd want to ask her, but then I thought, no, nah, that just sounds crazy, and she's just going to think I'm crazy. And at one point, I don't know, I just keep getting super suspicious of her, too. And I don't know. Um, she ends up finally leaving. I'm kind of better, but one of my friends finally calls me, tells me to eat something, go to sleep. And I actually don't go to bed until almost 5 that night because when I'm in bed, I keep feeling like the balls are moving, but not like moving side to side or that they're like rippling all around, and uh, I get up, I try to drink water, um, it's really, 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 probably one of the worst mental experiences I've ever had, and it's, it's actually hard to explain fully because it was all inside my mind. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to Revenge of the World Podcast, Episode 7. What you just heard was a short uh, marijuana OD story by the Reverend Peter Crunkledge. And uh, I don't know if you can't handle your shit. Don't ever smoke hydro. Don't ever start out on hydro. Uh, Tonight's guest is a writer, an author, a screenwriter and a cinephile, and a man of many stories, a godfather to the YOLO generation, Mr. Pedro Rivas. <laughs> How's it going? What's up, dude? What's a uh, godfather to the YOLO generation? <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I, I know you take some youngins under your wings sometimes. <laughs> you gotta show them what's, what's what about life. Right. Sometimes they teach you. So, uh, I wanted to have you on because, uh, just says you, she says you tell some really great stories. <laughs> uh, we're, we'll put that to the test tonight, but, uh, uh, we also, you worked on a project at my house. I want to get into that too. And maybe we'll give, uh, the director of that project a call a little later, but, uh, 
So you want to, you want to start off right the <laughs> right off the bat with a, a story? Um, well, I, the one in particular that I told Jess was um, about. Um, I think we were somewhere and we were listening to the song "Lust for Life" uh-huh. by Iggy Pop, and uh, I was telling her like, you know, it's funny. I I worked in this place, this uh, this porno shop. Um, it just came out like and, that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I worked in this. Place. You don't work anywhere near a porno shop these days. I won't say where, but it's not a porno shop. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. That's just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it was a while ago. Um, almost maybe eight years ago now. Wow. And uh, it was right towards the end of, I guess, my career at the porno shop, <laughs> <laughs> where I just kind of was like, all right, maybe I should you know, consider a career change. And uh, it was, uh, I was in school at the time, so I was actually, I was behind the um, the the counter, and I was working on uh, a poem for a class. And uh, because I, I would work all the graveyard shifts, and then I would go to class during the day. The interesting shifts. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, that takes guts. Yeah. And um, uh, we, we got, you know, a lot of weird people in there. Um, but the, and a lot of them, they, I don't know, they, a way for me to kind of balance out people talking to me because I didn't mind conversation sometimes, but sometimes some people just really creep me out. And uh, I would play music really loud. Uh-huh. You know, I'd just make these mix CDs and then just bring them and blast them on the radio. And so this way we wouldn't have to do too much talking. Yeah. Uh, but this one guy, he uh, he was in the aisles and he was asking me, like, hey, man, I'm looking for this film by this one director. And um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, we have them broken up into sections. You don't see it right there? And he's like, oh, I don't know, man, I can't find it or something like that. And it was... I never really came out of my booth area. Uh-huh. I don't know what it was. You know, I was in the zone trying to work on this poem. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. I was feeling helpful, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I come around the booth. And uh, in the background is you know, Iggy Pop yelling. Uh-huh. And I, 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 I start pointing like, oh, we got this and this and this. He's like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Um, I guess I'll just get this one, man. And, I kind of feel bad because I didn't help him find what he needed. So, but you know, it's whatever. He got something. So I'm going back to my booth, and from the corner of my eye, I don't see him in front of the cash register. And I'm like, "Where'd he go?" And he's right behind me, and he's pointing a gun into my neck. Oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Like it's he. He kind of he with his left hand, he's pointing the gun into my neck, and his right hand, he's got it like by my shirt, and he's kind of crouching me down into an awkward position so i can't really you know i'm just in an awkward position i can't do anything uh-huh. and we go around the counter uh the booth area and um he's just you know like give me the fucking money where's the fucking money and i'm like it's it's right there it's right there and uh he, he's like here he takes out this black garbage bag that he has in his pocket and uh i open the uh the register and he's like, put in the fucking bag. And um, so I'm, I'm just taking all the bills. 
And the whole time I'm still hearing Iggy Pop yelling in the background, I got a lust for a life. I got a lust for life. And I'm thinking, fuck, it's going to happen. I'm going to fucking die in a porn shop, you know? Oh, no. And I don't even think my parents know I'm working here. Oh, no. <laughs> like, no, our son, he was going to college. He wasn't working in a porn shop. Well, he was doing both, man. Oh, <laughs> you know? no. So I'm putting the money in there, and he's like, everything. And I'm like, dude, all there's left is change. Do you want the change? I don't know why I fucking said that, but he's just like, ah, it's fine. And so it's fine. I'm thinking, you know, all right, that's it. And he's like, come here, come here. And he's still dragging me now. Now we're going back out into the main area of the porn shop, and he's dragging me. Like, he's not really, he's keeping me in this crouched position where, you know, I can't really do anything but, like, you know, walk funny. And uh, he's still keeping the gun on, on my neck and head. And, uh, and we had these saloon doors, you know. And so we're going out the saloon doors, and I'm thinking, fuck, he's going to kidnap me or something. I don't oh, know. No. And as we're going through the saloon doors, I don't know why, but I'm thinking, I'm about to yell, dude, I just, I just want to go and see my wife and kids. Oh, no. Like, it's, so, it's about to come out, and I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just from watching too many fucking movies or something, because, you know, I just have a cat at home. And, <laughs> <laughs> and right as I'm about to say it, Bam, he just throws me on the floor and runs out the door. Wow. And I think he just wanted to take me far enough to where I was away from, away the, phones. from the phone. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And he just takes off. And, <laughs> you know, I get up. It's so weird. I just dust myself off. I come, I go back through the saloon doors. I'm still here, hearing Iggy pop, yelling lust for life. And I hit the, I, I call the cops. And um, you stopped the music and called the cops. I, I stopped the music, <laughs> called the cops. Jesus Christ! And uh, and I called the owner too to let him know. Um, the cops show up. Uh, I don't know. It's it, it felt like surreal, like because customers were still coming in and I was still charging them for stuff, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And um, did you have like a little uh, circle on your neck where the gun was pressed? No, nah, I don't think I did. No, wow. and, and weirdly, I don't know why. Went before I left for you know, because the cops they were like, "You're all right, man. You know, drink some water, sit down." Because I I thought I was acting fine, but I guess they just saw me like pacing and acting funny, and um, you were just really calm, <laughs> like, you know. Hey, uh, I think this guy's in shock. You're like, nah, I'm just ringing people up. <laughs> the manager, he finally shows up, um, and uh, and I ask him, "Can I have a copy?" And yeah, I, I, I have a copy of the no video shit. of me being held up at gunpoint. Uh, yeah, it's you, a, is it a digital copy? It's on a CD. Can we post yeah. that to YouTube? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. All right, I'm going to provide a link with this show <laughs> to the fucking robbery tape. Yeah. Um and I, I don't know why. I I just and it, it was funny cuz I don't I think he thought I was going to try and sue or something. It was not my own kind of morbid curiosity to just kind of keep it in my history. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Damn, this show started off with an intense story. I didn't expect that. And after that, I asked him, can I switch to day shifts? <laughs> <laughs> and I only want to work three days a week now. I was working 40 you know, hours a week, and mm -hmm. I went down to 24. And um, I went home, and I didn't leave my apartment for about five days. Wow. Yeah. 
I just kind of stayed shut in and <laughs> you just uh, <laughs> after that I you took uh, a dozen movies with you. Yeah. Uh I did go back to work, you know, very limited and then I went into the world of finance. After that, that's started a, working in the banking industry. That is a uh, that's one way to put it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's uh I don't know how you're going to top that. <laughs> Good luck. Well, it's not uh, it, it's not so much about telling stories, but it's about what goes on there that I guess you know, people see a porno shop and they think, "Oh, you know, it's just you know, I can go get some movies." Uh-huh. Um maybe some toys, things like that. There's actually three kinds of people that go into there. Okay. All right. The first ones, they're going in there because they want to rent or purchase a movie or want to purchase some toys. Uh-huh. Um, and then depending on how much Artistic they Artistic would... sculptures. <laughs> Interactive uh, sculptures. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, we go sold ahead, a lot sorry. of stuff. You know, uh, dildos, vibrators, uh, strap-ons, cock rings. Uh, glow-in-the-dark toys. Um, and so, anyways, yeah, those are those, the ones who, you know, came in for their porn. Uh-huh. Now, the second, you know, kind of person, they could not take their porn home. Oh. You know, so they, they would find a video, bring it up to me, and say, I would like to preview this. And they could preview it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half. Uh, or maybe it was like an hour, 20 minutes, for six bucks. Uh-huh. So I had, you know, these rows of DVDs marked with what rooms they were in. And I would put it in an open one and say, okay, go ahead. Uh, you're in room six. Something like that. Oh, okay. So they'd go into what was referred to as the arcade room uh-huh. and find their room number, go in, and watch the film. Uh-huh. I don't think anyone ever really stayed for the whole hour and 20 minutes. Mm, but, you know, yeah. then they left and then, you know. Some people, they did this, like, I was there from midnight to 8 in the morning. I had people coming in 6, 7 in the morning, I think, before they were going to work. Wow. So I'd see them with, like, their work shirts on, their work trucks outside, and they were just, you know, looking for, I guess it was their way of, like, a Red Bull or something. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. And then there's the third kind type. These are the ones who, um, they were what's referred to as cruising. I don't know if you've ever heard this term. Um, Basically, these are, um, and and I'm not familiar with the whole world, only where I was working, Uh but it's people who are straight by day and would be gay by night. Oh, wow. So what they would do is they would go from porn shop to porn shop, or they're also called newspaper stands or bookstores. They had different names for them. Yeah. Um, And you pay a dollar. To go into the back room and you go into the back room and um, basically you paid me the dollar you go into the back room and there's these rows of rooms you know? yeah and uh, or it's just a long hallway with just doors on the side and we had like red or blue lights uh-huh. glowing and it, it looked kind of creepy it sounds and, really uh, creepy yeah who mopped up <laughs> we actually had a guy who would come in around oh, five in no. the morning Every day, and he he mopped up. He he said he hated it when guys, because you had the TV screen into the wall, uh-huh. and he goes, man, some of these guys are assholes because they get it right in the fucking cracks, you know, <laughs> in between. And I mean, that shit's hard to clean, Pedro. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough job, man. <laughs> oh um, no. 
so yeah, he, he was the one he he claimed. Um, anyway, so these people they um, they'd come in and basically, well, if you gave me the dollar and you went back there, you could um, go into one of these rooms, mm-hmm. and then there's a television, and there's a you, you could put one dollar, five, ten, twenty, and watch a certain amount of porn, and you had like two hundred channels to choose from. And uh, some people, though, paid me the dollar, went back there, and they would just kind of lean on the wall. Because what they were waiting for was another person. Was they're looking for a date, oh. you know? And so someone walks in, and they kind of look at each other, and if they both approve of each other, then they'll go into one of the rooms. Um, if someone's there and they can't find anybody, you know, because sometimes some people would leave the door ajar. And so you kind of... The person would go and kind of like say, hey, you want some company? And if that person, you know, disapproves them, they're like, nah, keep going. But if it approves, it's like, yeah, come in. Holy and so, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, dude, it's crazy. There was married guys, guys with girlfriends, um, a lot of gangsters and thugs. And, like, people you see sometimes, like, going down West Park that are kind of like, um, I guess they, they don't have papers. They're looking for jobs. I saw a lot of kind of people like that too. It was just, uh, it, I saw people I knew there too. What? <laughs> yeah, a couple people walked in, oh, no. and one guy he was almost about to walk out, and I was like, "Hey, what's up, Carlos?" You know, that's not his name, but uh, he and I he, we had worked at a grocery store <laughs> probably like a year Holy ago, shit. and he was like, uh, "Hey, what's going on, man?" and uh, you know, I was making small talk with him, and then I realized he was really trying to get out of there, and I discovered why. I was like, oh, okay. So, I mean, I, you know, he just left, but I mean, it's, it wasn't a big deal. Uh-huh. Um, what was interesting is once running into um, this one guy, he came in, and uh, he, um, he, he picked the movie. And I recognized him the moment he walked in, and I thought he'd recognize me, and he didn't. He was, uh, I grew up in this old neighborhood, and I used to, me and my brothers and sisters used to play with his kids. And, yeah, and that tripped me out. And I really thought he recognized me, but I was sure he didn't after he came another time (laughs) to rent another movie. Yeah. Um, But, no, there was, it was a whole different world at night. Um, you know, because a lot of people, they, they were doing what's referred to, I think in the 90s, they had coined this term, but I'm not sure, called the DL. Mm-hmm. Um, the download. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys who had this separate lifestyle. Yeah. You know? And um, it was uh, it was, it was was interesting. You know, I was just talking to a lot of these people, getting their, I don't know, like people who were having trouble. They knew they could never tell their, their, I guess, their immediate families. Uh-huh. And then if they had, you know, some of them had actual families of their own. That was even more, you know, distressing for them. Jesus. Um, but it, it was, uh, like, my first, I, I didn't know there was, a, I guess, a large kind of hidden gay community in all this when I started working there um, until I was getting hit on, like, <laughs> constantly. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember getting a phone call 
uh, because we had business cards, so someone probably just grabbed one randomly, and some guy's just going, I, I want to I wanna suck your dick. And I was like, dude, who the fuck? Don't ever fucking call here again. <laughs> I almost quit after two weeks. I mean, it was just too weird. And then, I don't know, I just, just managed it, <laughs> got, got used to it. it. I, yeah, man, pretty wow. much. Like, I was working like at two different grocery stores at the time and going to school. And then once I picked up this job, I quit one of the, I was working at Target. I quit working there. So I was still working H-E-B, like the morning and afternoon shifts. And then doing uh, headliners uh, at night. And um, I don't know, it just, at some point I eventually quit H-E-B and just worked full time at headliners because it just worked out with my school schedule. Yeah. And I don't know, I just didn't really have to talk to people much <laughs> if I didn't want to. All I, you know, people knew what they wanted when they were in there. There were not too many questions. Yeah. Um, I did learn a lot about porn, though, like directors, different production companies. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> would you to... ever consider working in that industry again? No, I would not. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, it's I, I even like later on, I asked myself, why did I work there? I didn't need to work there. And it was just. It's kind of morbid curiosity, I guess. It probably helps your writing, though, now. It did. I mean, well, at the time. A broader range of experiences than <laughs> a lot of people. There were, yeah, a lot of. Uh, I, I had no idea you were going to come on and talk about this. Just uh, that what? for the audience to know. I had no idea he was going to talk about this. <laughs> uh, especially after the last episode of talking about hookers and. <laughs> CD hotel so this is a weird coincidence we did have hookers and strippers and <laughs> uh guys would bring them and the, oh really it's cheaper than a hotel room because you just pay me a dollar to go into the arcade room oh my and god we have those <laughs> rooms that's back crazy there. <laughs> yeah that is crazy yeah it was uh <laughs> Um, so the best time to go there is at uh, maybe six in the morning when it's clean. <laughs> yeah, probably so because it's been cleaned up by then. Oh yeah. my god! I remember people coming like this guy and girl. They came in one time. I guess they actually wanted to genuinely. Hey, let's watch a porno movie together, baby. And they paid me like the six dollars for the preview. They go back there. And then they both come back out, and the girl, she's just yelling at me, like, that is so fucking disgusting what's going on back there. There's all these guys, you know, they're just sitting out waiting, and that room was disgusting. I want my money back. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not giving you your money back. <laughs> and uh, she was just Nobody like, else complained. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I mean, sometimes I'd give money back, you know, but I, I was just... There was never anyone that was going to complain to the manager about the guy behind the counter at the porno shop, you know? Right. Just like, ask for their ideas. Is there a manager or somebody? I'm like, I'm a manager. And she's like, why aren't you giving me my money? I go, what did you think you were going to see when you went back there? <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> you, know? you just came into a fucking porno shop. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, something, my whole personality also changed during that time. Like, I, it was, I, it was kind of a dark period for me as well because I was just kind of just seeing, like, everybody is not who they're, portraying themselves to be you know uh -huh. so i was getting the shittiest people that night and, and i'm not you know saying for whatever reasons they're hiding about it, it was because we we got a lot of bad people like doing drugs and they were know. doing drugs and yeah some people and wow. people would come up and be like yo man someone's doing some crack back there and i'm like 
I don't know anything about that. I got cum in my Coke. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> almost drowned on my own snot. And, um, like, I don't know. At some point, I just started becoming, like, more angry. And, uh-huh. um, like, guys would try to sneak back there. Like, they just walk around like they're trying to watch or trying to pick a movie or something. And then as they get close to the door, sh- I just hear the creak and then slam as they snuck in. I'm like, what the hell, dude? It's a dollar. Wow. And so at some point, I went from, like, yelling, like, hey, or, like, when they would try, when they'd come out, I'm like, come on, man, you, you owe me a dollar, to, like, months later, when someone would do that, I'd get a club, and I'd <laughs> walk back there, and and I would open the door, and, and you know, I'm going down, <laughs> And so someone's, like, leaning against the wall. Every time they hear the door open, they all kind of perk up to see, oh, who's coming in? And so someone sees me, and he's smiling. I'm like, where's the motherfucker that just came in? Which one? And and they were like, oh, okay, uh, room number three. And I'm banging on it with the club. Give me my fucking dollar. Give me my fucking dollar. (laughs) And it's funny because I'm like, I don't ever see. I forget that that's how I was. Oh, my God. And the guy would just slip the dollar underneath the door. (laughs) You know, it's like, give me my dollar. Get the fuck out, man. And, um. I remember one day, one night, yeah, one dude, he went in without the fucking dollar, and this dude was pissed drunk, and he was trying to, trying to start fights with people, and I went back there with the club, and he had a knife in his hand, and I was kind of like, ah, I don't really want to fuck with the knife, but I was still really pissed off, but what really deterred me was the whole left side of his leg was just drenched in piss. Ooh. And I was like, fuck this, man. And <laughs> I just called the cops on if him. If I can't beat the piss out of him, it's no more fun. <laughs> I'll let the cops yeah. deal with it. The cops came and they weren't happy about having to touch him either, you know? So <laughs> Did he put the uh, knife away when the cops came? I don't even know. They just drug, they dragged him out and they like kept his head in an awkward position as they were dragging him out, handcuffed. Um, was the cop the same guy that robbed you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know that guy that robbed me? He came back three weeks later what? and robbed us again. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, see, I stopped doing the graveyard shifts. Uh-huh. So, you know, I was the graveyard shift guy. Wow. So, everyone else, they had to, you know, change their schedules to start working the night shift. And this, um, oh, man, this poor girl, she was still kind of newish. Uh-huh. And uh, she was there. Um, and... She said it was from the description that I had given her that tipped her off, but by then it was too late mm-hmm. because she was going and, you know, organizing and stacking the movies. That was part of her job. And that she saw the guy with like the tennis shoes and the hood. He had the same fucking hood. Wow. And she tried to get back behind the counter, but he brought a partner this time. Oh, man. So he got to her first. And the thing is, when the guy had robbed me, he, he saw it was the safe. Yeah, but he, you know, I guess he was just he he wasn't sure how everything was going to go down. So he just wanted that money from the register first. Right. So now that he knew about the safe, he came back three weeks later. And so, man, they they take her. She had these long braids and they were just grabbing her and just swinging her around, dude, mistreating the fuck out of her. And they got the money from the register. Then they were like open the fucking safe, bitch. And she's like, I don't know the combination. They're like, open the fucking safe. And so she's just like spinning the dial and she's just like freaking out and crying. She's like, I don't know the combination. And he says, turn your face around right now because either you're opening that safe or and he had a sawed off shotgun. He's like, I'm going to blow your fucking head off right now. 
And he pretty much told her, okay, then you're going to have to die. And uh, they just ended up walking out. Of course, she couldn't get the safe open, uh, but she was freaked out, man. Did she quit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She did. Uh, she... Well, then she obviously didn't belong in the industry if she quit. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> it's funny because we, it was almost everyone there had been robbed at gunpoint as Wow. <laughs> you know, everyone who'd worked it. But we all just kind of hung in there and just were like, well, we hope it doesn't happen again. You know? <laughs> cross, your, cross your fingers. <laughs> and you'd hear about, like, I'd get a phone call. Oh, you know, so-and-so got robbed. And we're like, oh, that sucks. What shift was that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> yeah, it was, a, it was a crazy time. There, there were some stories uh i did incorporate into some of my writing later on and then eventually i just didn't do it anymore one was i remember it was near christmas and this uh lady had walked in and she was saying that she she needed uh she needed help like she had no money for gas and she her wrists were like all bloody and she had said i just found out my boyfriend's cheating on me and i tried to kill myself I'm like, oh shit, you know. Guess I was the least of your words. yeah, and so it's funny because I was, I think I was just reading a book, and I like barely got up, and like at this point I didn't give a shit about anyone that walked in anymore, you know. And so she's like, I really need money for gas. I'm like, no, you need the cops. I can call the cops for you. And she's like, no, no, that's not gonna help me. And I'm picking up the phone, and I'm like, look, you need medical attention. Like I, I don't know, I. A lot of times, I didn't mind arguing, but mm-hmm. there was something about this moment. I was just like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. So I just reached into the register and gave her five bucks. Wow. I just didn't want to hear it anymore. I was just so tired, and um, it was a rare thing that I. You, you didn't know, reach into that. your own wallet. No, fuck <laughs> you that. Just reach into the register. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, because we, we had a set, we had the register, and then we had a separate box. Uh, for the arcade room, which for some reason, I guess we didn't charge that on the register, so I don't know how that was counted. Huh. Like, that was probably just off the books. I, that probably was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that's where I gave her the five bucks from. Yeah. Yeah, from that wow. little box where we had like all the ones. You want a beer? Yeah, I'm, I got one right here. Oh, okay. okay. I'm gonna grab one. Okay. So how how long did you work there for? About ten months. No, no, it was only 10 months. No, I don't actually, I'm surprised I lasted 10 months. Like, but I think it was just the ease of, I could create my own schedule. I just did nothing but studied. I read a lot. I caught up on so much reading, (laughs) you know? It's the right environment for reading when people are masturbating <laughs> behind you. What are we drinking tonight? Uh, I got a... Carbock? Carbock, yeah. Brewing. And it's like a mix of all their beers. Papadillo? Yeah. I'm drinking Sympathy for the Lager. pretty good oh 
interesting. That's a happy one. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a bit of an after flavor. <laughs> Much better than the Budweiser Michelada. <laughs> uh, so what else, man? <clears throat> I met a lot of religious people there. Really? Yeah. Were they I trying would, to convert? No. It, what, what my or favorite were they thing. Going back there? One of my favorite things to do was when people would hit on me was uh-huh. to change the topic to religion, <laughs> just for fun, and uh, not because what they were doing was bad. It's just at the time I was just really interested in different people's, I guess, religions and their perspectives on religion, uh-huh. and it was just a place where you can just. I could do a lot of talking while I was at work. Yeah. And so it went from, like, you know, they were hitting on me, and I'm like, no, man, you can turn the sleazy part off. We can have a conversation. Uh Uh-huh. And so that happened a lot. Really? Yeah. I ended up having a lot of these interesting conversations. There were some ex-ministers and pastors. Wow. Um, Yeah. Um, You know, um. And so that that was I don't know talking just about religion, life, families, and uh, I don't know I just felt that I'd get a more honest answer. Yeah. Um, now if I actually did get an honest one or not, I don't know. You know, it's just I don't know. I, I was lost just looking for something, anything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so. Um. So you took the porno job, yeah, and then you studied religion while you were there. <laughs> no, I was. I, well, I, we did a lot. We had a lot of conversations, and uh-huh. then I was still writing a lot. Um, and uh, it was funny because I was telling a friend that we, when I had gotten robbed, I was working on this poem. I didn't have a title for it yet, and it was just. And in like the first half, I think I had complete. And then after I got robbed, I went home and finished it. Oh, and no. titled it. And, and it I just go, the second up. half, it just fucking, like, <laughs> the, the main the, character just dies. Enter despair. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. We were open on Christmas and Thanksgiving also. Whoa. Yeah. Did you take a shorter shift on those days? I didn't work those. Oh. You know, the other guys did. And then it was kind of hard having girlfriends, too, while working. Oh, God. (laughs) I I was dating this one girl, and we broke up at some point, maybe two months in. Uh And then I started dating another girl, and I don't know. It was just... Our timing was always off because of my schedule. Uh-huh. And then, I don't know, just all that porn just made stuff weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> but she was okay with that. She was like, hey, why don't you bring some movies or stuff like that? I, I, I don't know. It, that didn't last long because I didn't really. I don't, it was like taking hamburgers home, home from with ma- you? Yeah, kind <laughs> of. I'm like, I don't want to see porn. Wow. <laughs> Porn back then was probably a lot different, too. Uh, Maybe. That was like... Because uh, now porn is like so 
cheat, you know, because yeah, there's no story the industry's like uh, kind of collapsing since the internet you know, is making stuff free. It's, I, I, I was actually wondering if those arcade rooms even still exist. I think the arcade rooms probably still exist. Yeah. Like, like porno like shops. The, How can they really... Right off the freeway somewhere, there's yeah. probably a, some skeezy stuff going but on. But even with the arcade rooms, I don't know. It's not like we made a lot of money. Like, that's... I mean, the only way you were really making money was just from the dollars people were giving and i guess maybe putting into the machines like i i don't know did you know the owner pretty well no but i knew the manager uh okay his brother was my roommate at the time and uh he was the one he told me because he was working there and he said uh hey we have an opening and i was like (laughs) no okay (laughs) oh wow where's that guy now uh he moved out of state for a while, and he's back in Houston. Um, I, I'm not sure what he's up to these days. No. Well, I'm glad you got your life together, Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> all it took was a gun to the head, and, oh and he popped in wow. the background. <laughs> and I don't. It, it took a little while, you know. I once I started working a daytime job, um, you know, and meeting people. And shaking hands, because whenever I'd shake someone's hands, I'm like, you're a fucking liar. You're not who you are. <laughs> you know? Like, everybody to me was not who they were portraying themselves Bunch of, to be. The whole world is scumbags. <laughs> wow. But, uh, I don't know, after, like, a few months of just working, seeing the sun again, and, because uh, <laughs> I never saw the sun, I'd go home when the sun was up, and I'd put this big blanket across my window and just uh-huh. sleep in the dark. Yeah. You know? for the whole day until I'd have to get up and you know it's, it was dark again and that is so crazy yeah uh, it was uh, literally dark times for me <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. but yep that's uh, that's part of my life is done I, to the point I almost forgot it until yeah. you know Jess was asking me and I was like I don't think I really have stories but th- there's a lot of stuff yeah that went on down there a lot of interesting strange people Wow. And that led you to, I guess you, how long have you been a writer for? I mean, is that something you've done since you were a child? Uh, No. Well, I mean, um, yeah, I've been writing since, yeah, I guess I was a kid. But just, you know, I just assumed everyone did. And uh, I guess it was mainly for, like, school. And then I did a little bit for fun. Uh, It wasn't until I was maybe... A freshman in college, and uh, I met the right English teacher, and she just encouraged me. Man, and I didn't know what the fuck else to do with my life, so I was like, writing seems easy. Yeah. So, <laughs> man, that's that's really cool. An English teacher inspired me to yeah to uh, I don't know pursue talents. You know, that's cool. Hey, I'm actually still uh, friends with with that teacher. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, she, uh, she, because I remember I didn't know what I was going to do, and she says, I'll convert you to English, and I don't know, after the first couple stories and poems, she just kind of kept pushing, and, um, yeah, I just kept at it, and then I probably should have ended up, I should have done filmmaking, because that's uh-huh. where my actual, you know, true passion was, yeah. but I just didn't know anything. 
which is why you know now yeah I've crossed over to dabbling with screenwriting yeah you know from the short stories and the poems to it's trying to put screenwriting on yeah right now. it's all heading that way I mean, yeah <laughs> if you had taken screenwriting in school who knows where you would have hit uh, uh, yeah because when I go to like some of these film festivals a lot of these short videos that people are putting out there it's their like thesis projects or oh, really? like there's a lot of students out there that are in these uh, festivals huh. and yeah I thought about that I'm like man I we would have ended up here if I'd have just <laughs> done, you know, uh, film school or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my English teacher died, so I don't have anything to add there. No, but, I'm sorry uh, to hear. <laughs> uh, what are you working on now? I mean, uh, are you just kind of doing stuff on your own or um well my friend writing uh, wise writing um i still do some uh some poems uh short story when i can um i'm focusing more on screenwriting now i'm trying to do that uh more seriously um and uh my friend Dave, I met him a few years ago. Um, What's his last name? Uh, Cabrero. Cabrero. Cool. Well, the correct way is probably Cabrero. Cabrero. <laughs> but everyone just says Cabrero. It's easier, I guess. <laughs> and uh, he found out that I, I had gone to school for writing, and that I don't know. We I just talked about movies a lot at work, uh-huh. and he had. Uh, at the time recently had his short film in uh circulating in some film festivals oh cool um, what was it called um captives of hope captives of hope yes yeah that's awesome and uh it was cool because he went through this uh swamp program i think it's the southwest alternative media project and he won a grant uh five thousand dollars to make his film his oh, short cool. film and they just they hugely supported him and he was able to complete the film and they helped him circulate it through the festivals he got to go to mexico city the la film festival san antonio dallas um wow yeah <clears throat> and since uh when he and i met we were trying to figure out a couple stories to work on uh-huh. um and then uh, I was working on a short story at the time called The Waiting Room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had completed maybe two or three short story drafts. And then eventually he started working on the screenwriting. And then we ended up completing the screenwriting process together. Um, and we pretty much filmed maybe, I want to say, 95% of it. Like, everything that has to do with the actors, we're done with it now. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's still a little, a few things that we still have to do. Um, But I've already started working on our next project. Uh, That one, I'm going to, I'm doing the screenwriting all on my own. Uh, That one's called uh, Caminos Sin Horizontes. And that one's going to take place in Mexico and just be all in Spanish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where are you going to shoot it? Do you know? Um... Probably any kind of... Pasadena, I mean, looks just like Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's certain areas um, 
I, I can't remember where we were driving. I think it was like kind of uh, near Harrisburg. Uh-huh. Um, it looks like Little Mexico out there. Yeah. And I think a couple of those areas, we actually might ask some of the people if we can shoot around, like in their store, things like that. Um, but uh, we're gonna for that story, we're probably gonna rent a bus and um, find an area not too far outside of Houston that kind of looks flat, and um, and see what we can do. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, that one. It's it's. Uh, It's about the the uh, cartels in Mexico, uh-huh. and just the effect it's having on um, the youth. You know, with the choices that they have, like, okay, you know, I don't know there's not a lot, you know, with the you know education or, uh-huh. and uh, a lot of the politicians are corrupt. So the easy thing to do is just kind of, hey, you know, here's some easy money, you know, deliver this package or kill this guy. And the cartel, they they have so much money. Yeah, it's a billion dollar industry out there, and it's American dollars. <laughs> probably, yeah. Actually, yeah. 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 It's something that does, huh? There, uh, I was reading a story. I read Vice a lot, uh, and they were talking about how uh, Mexico uh, just dis- there was a discovery of the first uh, cocoa. Cocaine crop. Okay. And uh, there had never been one before because usually it'll grow south of Mexico. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it could be pretty bad news. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Because (laughs) the cartels south of the Mexican border are going to be cut out of that money yeah possibly if if uh those crops can grow in mexico then it could be really bad i mean it could be a an international fucking war you know i didn't even hear about that wow and that's uh, crazy uh there was another story i read recently about the cartels What the fuck? What happened to the... There was 40-something students? The 43 that got, students. They got murdered and you know, They were uh, protesting uh, the government. Um, I, I don't... I'm kind of forgetting some of the details, but I think they were protesting the government because of their ties with the cartels and how mm-hmm. it was just affecting you know these students. So um, the mayor and his wife had these specific police officers round them up and take them to the... Um, the cartels that they work with and told them these guys work with a rival cartel. What the fuck? And uh, they had them killed. And so while trying to find um, the, uh, the bodies, they ended up finding um, this, this graveyard of other bodies. I still yeah. don't know if they found those 43 students yet. Um, <clears throat> but it's just... The, the town went crazy. There's mass graves everywhere in, the, yeah. in Mexico, right? Because, yeah. I mean, it's not that life is cheap. It's just, it seems people get in the way all the time. Yeah. Rival cartels. Yeah, like, and that mayor and his wife, they went on the run. And the townspeople, they, they burned City Hall down. Yeah. And uh, he owned, like, this mall that was there. 
they looted it. Wow. Um, and Mexico City, the last I heard, they had about 15,000 people protesting in the streets. Yeah. You, know, you have the Mexican celebrities now talking about it. And there's, I was reading some articles talking about will these 43, you know, the death of these 43 students break the Mexican government? And, uh, and maybe it's, I mean, a lot of people, you know. It's overdue, man. There's the, just so much. Yeah, a lot of corruption. People that I know that still have families out there have been affected. Uh, I had a an uncle who was a police officer. He was killed in a small town. They he was going to work, and they uh, they blocked him in, and from the front and then the back, and they just basically took out their guns and just just shot him up. Uh, my friend Dave, he also had a cousin who was you know murdered by uh, the cartel as well. Uh, so, you know, there's personal reasons as to why we're writing that next story. And it's just, it, there's all these stories, but you don't see them on the news. Yeah. You know, they're not, because they happen in small towns or because it's just, I don't know, maybe it's not exciting enough. And it was funny because I was telling Dave, like. How could it not be exciting? I think people are scared to would, talk about it. I think I mean, that's part of it. Because even Dave and I, we were, like, discussing, like, dude, do we want to make this? That's I'm the like, first thing I thought of. Fuck it. No, mean, we have to make it. Because here's the thing, someone else is going to do it anyway. <laughs> so That's true. Fuck it, why not be us? And they they've already started coming up with a few short films uh-huh. about this and um, feature films as well. A very good one that I recommend is called Miss Bala. Uh, I saw that one maybe about two years ago, and it's probably the best one I've seen that deals with the uh, Mexican cartel. Mm-hmm. And that was loosely based on a true story. I was also uh, I read another article in Vice that. Uh, the cartels are starting to steal gasoline from the pipelines. Really? They're just uh, sneaking in and, I mean, really not even sneaking in because they'll, they'll go in, install a tap on the pipeline, mm-hmm. fill up a tanker truck, and just take off with it and sell it on the black market. But the weird thing is... They they have radios that uh, listen on the uh, uh, on the communication of the soldiers protecting the oil workers mm-hmm. because it's like a cat and mouse game. Like the oil workers have to go and repair any damage to the pipeline, but they don't want to run into the cartels. <laughs> so the military is escorting the pipeline workers. Wow. And they don't want to run into each other, so that they just kind of listen in on communications with each other, and no. they, you know, very rarely <laughs> run into each other. But they say that the the theft of uh, of oil or gasoline, whatever it is, uh, could rival the income of the drugs being sold. Wow! So. Uh, yeah, gas in Mexico is fucking expensive. Yeah, and it's it's, it's government controlled owned. by the government. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I mean, they're the cartels are really fucking people over. I mean, they're fucking the country over. Uh, yeah. I mean, not only are they killing people for drug money, but they're also taking the only natural resource really Mexico has. Yeah. So. And they. They're very 
innovative crew out there. They just they'll do anything to get those drugs across. I don't know if you read that they'll do the trucks. They had the electronic boats that were motorized. Oh no! They shit. used remote control to drone boats. People were <laughs> oh, finding shit. like these boats. They don't know where exactly they were headed because uh-huh. they managed to stop them. Wow! You know, um, the underground tunnels. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That was a big one. Um, my favorite was the catapult. <laughs> they, were, they were shooting catapults. I just, I just imagine a catapult on a trailer, pulled by a truck, and like these giant kilos of, of cocaine on the border. And I don't know. I just, I, I, I was imagining like, you know, th- this cartel, and they're all in like, I don't know, this shady boardroom, and they're like, all right, guys, so we need some new ideas, and one guy going, catapult, boss. <laughs> And, you know, and everyone not laughing, Catapult. you know, and the boss going like, let's do it. Meeting adjourned. <laughs> let's find some carpenters. <laughs> and another one, they were doing helicopters, running helicopters across the border, dropping the drugs. and, and, and Well, the fucking army, the army escorts that shit sometimes. Probably. No, definitely. <laughs> like. Uh, I read somewhere or heard on the radio or something, I don't know, that uh, the the Border Patrol and the Mexican Army were shooting at each other at one point. Oh, this, shit. This just happened at one at one time that I know of. But, I mean, just that. Yeah. Nobody got killed, I don't think. But uh, that's just insane. I mean, that's an act of war. Yeah. <laughs> that's That's... A military fighting uh, our government's, uh, you know, uh, federal agency, I guess. I don't know. That's just crazy. Yeah. But we got to do those drugs. <laughs> I've, sm- I've smoked weed that smelled like gasoline before. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Probably came over in a tire. I'm not ashamed to say it. Well, I kind of am ashamed now that everything's getting bloody. So bloody. I mean, I kind of wish that one cartel would win. Just so yeah, it's they wouldn't be how... fighting each other. But then... If they could all just kind of merge or something. They would still... I mean, it would still... And I've also heard that the CIA has a lot to do with, with that. Because... Uh, They use the money to uh, fund projects. I don't know. Wait, so they like? Did you did you ever read about uh, Freeway Ricky Ross? Have you ever heard of that guy? No. Yeah, the CIA uh, worked with him to smuggle drugs into New York and distribute. Wait, didn't they just make a movie about this guy? that I know of. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't put it past, uh, American, uh, law enforcement agencies helping with the, uh, corruption. <laughs> when did that happen? That happened in the 80s. That, that was the whole Iran-Contra thing. Uh. Huh. They... It was a black budget project, I think, for by the CIA, 
and a kernel all over north to I'm gonna try and get this right because it's it's a little complicated for my memory to pull up. Uh, buy drugs from the Contras. Yeah. Sell it in New York. Use that money to fund arming the Iranian rebels to overthrow the Shah of Iran. So there wouldn't be any official ties and yeah. uh reagan denied it i think i got that right fuck yeah awesome. <laughs> fuck yeah brain high five uh so yeah mexico man uh, it's a it's a fucked up place yeah i haven't been back in a while me either my fucking okay my dad got abducted for two weeks he lives in mexico and uh he got taken to the country and held in a, a shack for two weeks oh, he has shit. high blood pressure and they they fed him rice and beans <clears throat> every day and so i mean that's not good yeah. <laughs> he's an old man you know but uh what'd they take him for uh ransom oh, okay and uh they wanted him to call his his rich friends or whatever, and he wouldn't do it. So they just let him go after two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Pretty fucked up. And it's hard to tell if those are like cartel people or just bad thugs. People. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that's another industry there. Is yeah, kidnapping. that's true. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, know. a lot of them don't get away if you know the ransom isn't paid. Yeah, one of my uncles, he was kidnapped, too. And I don't... I, I, yeah, I remember they said his ransom was paid, and I think it took another few days or a week before they finally gave him back. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's so scary, man. And, you know, I used to go to Mexico, you know, f at one point I was going maybe once a year, mm -hmm. twice a year sometimes border towns and then you know went to mexico city a few times uh but i'm not going i'm not going back not yeah not in the uh, near future well they say it's calmed down um but i don't know I, I guess doesn't sound like it and i know the news probably hypes things up uh but I feel like it the, doesn't seem like it's calmed down I feel the news has been quieter about it it was like, there was a lot more talk about it, um, maybe between, uh, I think, like, 09 and 2012, 13, um, and it's just, I don't know if it's the new president, he's just kind of trying not to fuck with it, and so there's yeah, not I as much heard news. Yeah, I anything about him interacting with yeah. Mexico at all. Yeah, it was, uh, Calderon, the last one, he yeah. was just constantly... You know, he basically, when he went in, he said that they basically he was doing a war on drugs in Mexico, yeah, and that's when shit just escalated. People started doing a body count from 2006, you know, once he went into office. Um, but I feel like it's been quieter until these uh, 43 students, um, yeah, went missing. And uh, it's funny, I was I was texting a friend 
and I'm like, dude, I have to like search or accidentally find more articles about these students. Yeah. You know, because it's hard to to find in any news feed, but like I'm just check out Vice, man, because they have a lot of uh, really good articles. Yeah, I'll check it out. They cover it pretty good. Yeah. And I was telling them I'm seeing like more like about kim kardashian's ass yeah you know, running through my newsfeed, and it was funny oh, that's, that's pop culture. i'm in this i'm on this whatsapp uh group chat uh-huh. and and i put a link for about the 43 students in my group chat and one like one of the guys read it and he was just like wow that's crazy i'm like yeah and then another one of my friends he posts a link about <laughs> kim kardashian's ass. i'm like come on man this is our group it chat explodes. we can do better than this <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's the internet. <laughs> There's a lot of like, uh, I don't know. I used to I used to post a lot of fucked up stuff on uh, my Facebook feed, but yeah. nobody wants to read that. I mean, yeah, no, pop it's... culture rules. You know, <laughs> it's like I don't know. Nobody takes anything seriously anymore. People were obsessed. They like... probably uh, ditched this podcast like 20 minutes ago <laughs> after the porno story. <laughs> Uh, it's getting real now. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up. So, did you hear back from Dave? Should we give nope. him a call? He did not text me back. Um, you can try giving him a call, but I don't. Um, yeah, if you want. Dave is the director of the waiting, waiting room. Is it the waiting room or waiting room? It's the waiting room. Okay. And. Um, Thanks again for letting us use your house to, hey, uh, no problem, to shoot man. that. It was exciting yeah. for the first two hours. <laughs> it is a lot of waiting in between when you got to change stuff. No, that's cool, man. It was interesting. I made, uh, I tried to make some short films in, in college, but uh, none of them really took off. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Where is this, a note too? Yes. Nice. Oh, put the headphones on so you can hear. We're giving Dave, what's his last name again? Sebrero. Sebrero, a call. Hopefully he picks up. If not, we're fucked. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Pick up, Dave. Come on. Plug your movie that isn't even finished yet. <laughs> I'm sorry, the person you are trying to reach has a voicemail box Son that has not been set up yet. Please try your call again later. All right, Dave. Next time. <clears throat> Here we go. Thanks. Ah. <sighs> So anything else, dude? Anything else you want to talk about? Get off your chest. Um. No, What's guess. the last fat, fantastic movie you saw? Uh, I just watched one yesterday. Um, last Action Hero. No, <laughs> but I do recommend that one. That's a great film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's this German film called Ida. Ida. Uh, yeah. I've heard of that. Good. It's uh yeah, it's on Netflix. Um about a um girl, she's in a convent, uh young lady, 
and she's about to do her vows um, so she can become a nun. Uh-huh. And then it's revealed to her that she she hasn't... She, she was brought there as an orphan. Uh, it's revealed to her that she has an aunt and that they recommend she go talk to the aunt. And she goes, and through the aunt, she finds out that um, she was raised by Jewish parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, she herself is Jewish. This takes place a little after... World War II. She didn't know she was raised by Jewish parents. She was a baby when she was taken to the um, the convent. So she just, I guess, assumed she was Catholic. The whole oh, time. okay. Um, she had well, she didn't know her birth parent. I guess she was never raised by the parents. She mm-hmm. just didn't know her her roots um, were from Jewish uh, parents and. Uh, through her aunt, she finds out, and then the rest is—it's a little bit of a journey to find out, I guess, what happened to the parents, and um, and you know, for her herself, like, is this something I still want to pursue? Uh-huh. You know, it's—it's uh, it's worth a watch. I—it's only about an hour twenty minutes, but it was beautifully shot. It's black and white. Uh, I think it came out last year, maybe, but it's been running through fest. It's—it already ran through a lot of festivals. And it's it's really good. Cool. Uh, we're gonna take a break for a second, yep. and we're back. And I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done? We're done with Mexican uh, cartels, um, and there's no more porn store stories, right? No. Yeah. Those those are all. They're done. <laughs> You're saying they they would get redundant. After yeah, they would. I mean, it just um, it's you know the, the whole shock of it for me wore off. I guess, like I said, after maybe the first few weeks of being hit on or people trying to touch my hand. I don't know. I, I got how when you give change. Yeah, <laughs> people yeah. are like, oh, thank you. I guess it's the same way. Like if. Um, I don't know, a girl's working at a reception desk or a cashier and just constantly being hit on. And I had to make that comparison. I mean, it could happen to guys too, but yeah. because of, I guess it was a, the... The clientele. Yeah, that that <laughs> made it different. It was always like, wow, you look so young. And where do you... <laughs> how long have you been working here, baby? And things oh, like no. that. <laughs> And then weird phone call or like, um, I remember one time leaving and this guy was in a dark truck in the parking lot and he was like, Hey, Hey. And I just kept walking in my car. He's like, like it was freaky dude. And I got in my car, drove and he started to follow me and I just fucking sped. Like I was passing red lights and going down different ways. Even after his headlights were long gone uh-huh. but it was just upsetting and wow. scary and I was like what the hell was that like yeah well, he creeps out there <laughs> treating Pedro like a piece of meat <laughs> <laughs> I have a brain too you know <laughs> go buy a hooker they're not as pretty but they'll get the job done alright man well that's an hour and 11. I think we can call it quits from here, huh? Yeah, that's cool. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll uh, 
Get your ass, get your ass on down the road later. 